Hey, Excel. Happy New Year. I hope you had a great holiday break. I know you guys are just starting to get back into the swing of school and those other routines, but again, I hope you enjoyed yourself. I know we missed you. I know we can't wait to get back together. It's interesting. Uh, I know this holiday was a little bit different. Christmas and New Year's was a little bit different than what you were probably used to. In particular, I was kind of uh, found it humorous with New Year's because it's kind of the celebration of finally saying, thank God 2020 is over, right? What a crazy year that was. But the truth is, it's not like 2021 is going to automatically erase everything that was going on in 2020. We still have the coronavirus going around, even though thank God that there's a vaccine that's beginning to roll out. Uh, but who knows how long it'll take before everybody has access to that. Uh, we still have issues going on in our country. As a matter of fact, uh, just uh, this moment while I'm recording this, uh, the Capitol building has been stormed and there's all this unrest over the elections and, you know, people becoming divisive over this political aspect and social aspect and it just feels like, ah, uh, this thing is dragging on. It's like 2020 plus. And, uh, and that can be frustrating, you know, on top of just our own personal struggles, whatever you might be going through your home. I mean, just this past week, uh, my aunt passed away and, and, you know, I had to try to help my father process, uh, the death of his sister and not being able to go to Puerto Rico where she was to bury her. And so there's all these things that we're dealing with, uh, globally and locally. And it can be difficult. And I'm not here to, to just, you know, lift all that up and say, hey, look at how bad everything is. Uh, I really do want to offer you hope because as great as our issues is or are, our God is greater. And that's a very common phrase that you hear in church. He is greater. God is greater. But I really want to hone in on that idea because I think it's important that you not just know it, but that you understand what it means when God says he's greater. When God is so much greater than our issues and our struggles and what we're going through. Matter of fact, if you have your Bibles or if you want to look this up, I'd love for you to check out the book of John chapter 3. John in this chapter is uh, talking to the people of God and he's trying to give them hope and understanding. He's talking about the, the battles that are going on, uh, particularly with the dark forces in the heavenly realm, right? Like the devil and demons and all the demonic plans that the enemy has to try to destroy us and try to cause division and all the upheaval that we're seeing. And he says something interesting in verse 30 through 31. He says, he must become greater and I must become less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things. But he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. This is important to understand that God is literally outside the box. God is not confined to all the things that we are confined to. God is so far beyond our limitations because he has no limitations. He lives outside of all of that. And because of that, he's greater than any of the issues that we might find ourselves in. Listen, whenever we're going through any situation that feels overwhelming, where we feel like the situation or even the people are greater than us, greater in numbers, greater in force, greater in whatever, instinctively we look for something greater than ourselves. A lot of times that's why people don't turn to God or don't trust God until they're put in a situation where they have no other answer, where the only thing they can turn to is God. And so oftentimes God allows certain things to happen to remind us that we're greater than even ourselves, that he is greater, I should say, than even ourselves and that we need God. We need God to intervene. We need God to make a way. We need God to do what only God can do. 
And this is important for so many aspects of our lives. This is important for the rest of your life, not just when you're a teenager or maybe, you know, you're well beyond a teenager and you're still watching this. This is something that even adults need to totally understand that God is greater. And so I just want to key in on a few areas where I think it's important to remember how God is greater. And if you're taking notes, the first thing I'd love you to understand is that he is greater than our enemies. Now, the Bible is clear. We don't have flesh and blood enemies. You're not my enemy because your skin color is different. You're not my enemy because your political ideology is different or you come from a different country or you, you know, root for a different team. Although, uh, I don't know about Packers fans. They might be at least my football enemies. But all kidding aside, we don't have enemies in people. The Bible is clear that the enemy we have is spiritual in nature. That there is an enemy who, who comes against us because of our relationship to God. And we call him the devil, Satan, however you want to put it. But the enemy, as the Bible often describes him, his whole plan is to tear you away from God and to destroy you. Part of why he wants to do that is because God is greater. He can't touch God. And because he can't touch God, he decides to try to touch the things that God loves. And so the enemy comes after you. The enemy wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to destroy your peace. The enemy wants to destroy your hope. The enemy wants you to stop relying on God and to just fall apart inwardly. And this is why it's important to remember that God is greater than our enemies. Listen, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people. Those people meaning the spiritual realms, the people that the enemy uses to try to destroy you. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Right? Let me read that again. You already won because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Again, we look at all the things that this demonic spirit is doing. Right? You think about sex trafficking, you think about prostitution, you think about rape, murder, you think about, you know, uh, uh, substance abuses, you think about uh, people who abuse their own children, you think about people who have hurt you. And even maybe not on those extreme levels, you can just think about some of the simpler things, people who have bullied you, people who have caused you to think less of yourself. These are all tactics that the enemy uses. And yes, the enemy can use people, but it's important to understand it's not that person in and of themselves. This is what the enemy tries to do to derail you. But again, God is reminding you that you already won. Why? Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in them. That you know, evil spirit that is using that person to cause division, that evil spirit that is causing people to have political upheaval right now, that is causing people to feel racist thoughts, that is causing people to feel insecure about what's going on and having them resort to violence. The spirit in us, the spirit of God is greater than that spirit. So when somebody is mean to you because the spirit of God is in you, you can love them despite how they treat you because the spirit of God in you is greater than the spirit of hate in them. No matter what obstacle you're finding yourselves in, no matter what challenge you're going through and whatever people try to do to you, when you remember that you're stronger because of who is in you than the strength they have because of who's using them, it helps you to go beyond that. It helps you to love even your enemies. It helps you to not fold inward and feel sorry for yourself because the truth is you are the victor. You are the one who is already won because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. 
I don't know about y'all, but that's incredibly encouraging to me to know that this battle isn't solo, that this isn't something that I'm struggling on my own and I have to rely on my own strength, that God is the source of my strength. He is my refuge. He's the one that I can turn to. He's the one that helps me. And listen, even as a pastor, there's plenty of times where I wanted to lash out at people. There's plenty of times where the enemy tried to use somebody to hurt me and I wanted to physically, emotionally, you know, even in other ways, uh, you know, psychologically damage somebody for coming at me. But the Spirit of God has stopped me every time. Not every time. There's been a few, honestly, where I have messed up. But even then, God has shown me grace and mercy to help me learn. I love that the Holy Spirit helps me from doing something I would regret. Because it's that Spirit in me that stops the Spirit in them from getting a hold of me as well. You know what? You can just as easily find yourself in the place of your enemy. You can just as easily be someone else's enemy. But the Spirit of God in you is what stops you from doing the things that we think we should do. And instead helps us do the things that we need to do. See, we all can at a time or another feel the pressure from somebody else and feel like we have enemies. But let's be honest. Our greatest enemies oftentimes doesn't come from the outside. It comes from the inside. Mostly in our minds. Sometimes the greatest battlefield is in our minds. And that's why it's important to remember this second thing. Not only is God greater than our enemies, but he is greater than your thoughts. Our thoughts and the battlefield in our mind can be difficult. Sometimes we don't understand what's going on or what's happening. And because we don't understand and that lack of understanding, it scares us. That lack of understanding and that inability to get it frustrates us. And often because we don't understand, we treat God as if he doesn't understand. Because we don't get what's happening, because we don't understand what's happening, we treat God as if God doesn't know what's happening and God understand doesn't understand what's happening. And when we start to do that, that's when we take things into our own hands. And honestly, that's when we start to make things worse. But let me tell you something about my God. Listen, Psalm 147 verse 5 says, How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. I love that that wording there. His understanding is beyond our comprehension. What does that mean? It means that God understands things that we could never comprehend, that we can't even begin to consider and think about. As a matter of fact, I like the way A.W. Tozer, a famous author, says it. Listen to what he said. Because God knows all things perfectly, He knows no one thing better than any other thing, but all things equally well. He never discovers anything. He is never surprised, never amazed. God's not an expert in just one thing. He is an expert in all things. And because of that, nothing blindsides God. Nothing catches God off guard. Nothing that's happened in your life surprised God. God knows and knew what's happening and is able to help you navigate through those waters. Listen, just because you don't understand doesn't mean God doesn't. And understanding is not a prerequisite for faith. Faith is understanding that God understands, right? Faith is that uh, ability to accept that I may not get it, but I trust the one who does. Because he is greater than me. He is greater than my thoughts. He is greater than my ability to understand. And so I trust in you. 
And listen, we do that with a lot of things, a lot of professions. We go to people who have better understanding, right? When you need help with certain subjects, you go to the teacher because you hope that they have a better understanding of that material, right? We go on YouTube pages for tutorials because we hope that that person has a better understanding of what you don't understand. Well, listen, all I'm saying is in life, when you're struggling with something that you don't get, turn to the one who gets it. Turn to God because he is greater than your thoughts. He is greater than your inability to understand. And the third thing is this, because sometimes we understand, we just don't feel good about it. We understand it just doesn't feel right. And that's why the third thing is this. He is greater than our feelings, right? God is greater than our feelings. Sometimes what we feel and what is true don't line up. What we feel and what is true don't line up. Sometimes I like to play with my wife and she'll ask me a question and I'll give her kind of a silly answer and then she'll stop and she'll go, are you lying? And I'm a horrible liar. Truth is, right? Like she can, she knows my tells and she can totally understand. But it always makes me laugh when she gives me that look, that contemplative where she's thinking about it. Mm, no, you're lying. You're trying to trick me. You're trying to mess with me. Right. And a lot of times we hear something that makes sense in our head, but in our spirit, we're like, I don't know. This doesn't feel right. This, this doesn't feel like, like it should be the way we don't always uh, feel the way we think we should feel. And because of that, we have a hard time accepting truth. For example, truth is, the Bible tells us, you're wonderfully and fearfully made. But we don't always feel valuable and we don't always feel attractive. Now, just because you don't feel valuable and you don't feel attractive doesn't mean you're not beautiful. And I'm not talking about like your mom where your mom's like, you're beautiful and you feel like, well, you're supposed to say that you're my mom. You know, I look like you, so you're not going to put you down, right? We, we feel like that sometimes, like when it comes from the person who's supposed to say it, we almost don't accept it. But be careful about leaning on your feelings because listen, I don't always feel attractive, even though I know I look good. I know it. Doesn't mean I don't always feel like it. And obviously I'm kidding because there's plenty of times where I don't feel like it. But I just trust my God that my feelings aren't always reliable. And that his truth is. For another thing, think about this. The truth is, you are loved beyond measure. Particularly by the author of love. But we've all been in that place where we don't feel like anyone loves us. Where we don't feel like anybody cares about us. Truth is, if you repent and turn from that bad thing you're doing, God will forgive you. But sometimes we still feel guilty. Sometimes we still feel condemned because of what we did or, or a behavior that we had. See, the problem is oftentimes our feelings dictate our truth. And if it feels this way and, and if it feels right, and this is the problem when you try to feel your way through life, is you don't rely on the truth of God, you rely on how you feel. And if you've ever looked at anything in the law, you can understand it doesn't matter how you feel about the law. It's not like, well, I don't feel like it's wrong to punch my friend in the face. Sorry, buddy, it's not about your feelings. It's about the truth. And if you did that, then you got consequences with that. And feelings aren't facts. And again, sometimes we rely on our feelings as facts and they bring in a narrative that's not healthy, that's not productive, and that begins to destroy you. But this is why we have a God who is greater 
than our feelings. Listen, First uh, John chapter 3, verse 20 says, Dear children, let's not merely say we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and He knows everything. Right? Even if we feel like we don't deserve God, even if we feel like we have no right to be near God, God is greater than our feelings. Because it's not about your feeling, it's about His truth. And the truth is, God forgives you. The truth is, God loves you. The truth is, God restores you. The truth is, He is greater than our feelings because God is the very definition of truth. What would happen if instead of relying on our feelings, we relied on God? Instead of relying on how we felt about a situation or even ourselves, we started to trust God's word on the matter. And we started to say, well, God, it doesn't feel right. But I trust you anyways, because you're greater than I am. Your feelings are greater than I am. Your truth is greater than mine. See, this is one of those areas that I think you and I need to strive to work towards. It's hard to let go of that control. It's hard to not rely on how you feel and how you think and what you perceive to just trust God. But that's why it's called faith. Because faith is the evidence of what we don't yet see, what we don't yet comprehend, what we don't yet think about. But what we know God understands and God holds true. This is very important for us to understand and to rely on the greatness of God. Somebody who is greater than you and I. And listen, we do this in very simple ways, right? Uh, if someone is better at something than you and it's very important for you to get it done, you'll say things like, no, no, you do it. You're, you're a better driver or, you know, you understand this better or you, you, you're good at that. Like you do it. Right? We learn, hey, no, this is too important for me to fiddle around and mess up with it. I'm going to trust on your expertise. I'm going to lean on you. You do it. Hey, hey you're, you're, you're better with words. Trust me, as, as, even before I was a pastor, this is something my family stuck on me all the time. There was uh, one occasion at my sister's wedding where uh, my little sister, who was the bridesmaid, or I should say the maid of honor, had to give her speech. Literally, she stood up said, I'm not really good with words. Here's my brother. And then I had to randomly stand up and give a maid of honor speech. Oh, what is she doing? She's saying, listen, this isn't what I'm good at, but this is what you're good at. So I'm just going to pass it off to you and I'm going to trust you. Now, listen, we can't always do that with people, but we can always do that with God. We can always lean on God and say, God, I don't get what's going on in this country, but I trust you and I'm going to lean on you to help me. God, I don't understand how I'm supposed to make an impact in the situation you've put me in, but I'm going to trust that you put me here for a reason and that you're going to lead me to the right answer. Why? Because you're greater. You're greater than I am. You're greater than my situation. And, and here's another truth. And as I close, I think it's important for you to understand this. Uh, there is greatness in you. I mean, truly there is. There is greatness in you. As a matter of fact, Jesus, uh, right when he was getting ready to ascend and leave the disciples, he says something interesting to them. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 12 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Because he is greater, 
you can do great things. And this is a, a crazy statement, right? Think about all the miracles that Jesus did in the Bible. And the Bible tells us that he did so much more than even what's recorded, that there wouldn't be enough books in all the world and all time to write down all the things that God did in the 33 years plus or so that he lived on this earth. And yet here Jesus is saying, that those who believe in me will be able to do not just the same things I did, but even greater things. But even greater things. I mean, you think about that. So often, we're bogged down by things that are beneath us. Because we're greater than that situation. But here's the important aspect of it. There is greatness in you, but it's not from you. You're not great because just you naturally by yourself are great. The greatness in you comes from the fact that God is in you. That's where that greatness comes. That's, that's why it's so important to understand that he is greater. Because he is greater, he makes me greater than I already am. He makes me a greater person. He makes me a greater Christian. He makes me a greater father, a greater son, a greater brother, a greater husband. It's not because I'm trying harder and I'm reading extra books and I'm studying more and I'm, and I'm making amends. Like all that stuff is great. But anything in me that is great is because God is great. Or I should say because God is greater. Listen, and I'll start to close out with this. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 15. But can the axe boast greater power than the person who uses it? Is the saw greater than the person who saws? Can a rod strike unless a hand moves it? Can a wooden cane walk by itself? What is... The author of Isaiah saying, we're just tools, like an axe, like a rod, like a cane. We're just tools. And tools are great, but not greater than the craftsman who wields them. We are tools that the creator uses for his honor and for his glory. Greatness isn't in me in and of itself. It's in the one who uses me for his honor and for his glory. God wants to do great things in you. And God wants to do great things through you because he is greater. Now, the cool part is, it's not just this selfish ambition that has no benefit to you. All the things that God uses you and I for has a direct benefit to you and I and the people around us. And that's why we don't have to be afraid about what the enemy does. We don't have to be afraid about his tactics. We don't have to be afraid when there's, you know, social unrest political upheaval, um, racial anger. Uh, we don't have to freak out just because there's a massive virus. We don't have to lose control because things seem to be out of control because we serve the God who is always and totally in control. He's greater than any of the issues that we can think of. And because he is greater, I'm going to lean on him. And my prayer is that you choose to lean on him as well. So as a matter of fact, let me pray for you right now as we believe and trust God for all the situations that are coming. Heavenly Father, this past year has definitely been challenging. Lord, uh, nobody expected what 2020 had in store. But God, even through that, you have proved yourself greater than the situation. And God, as we've come into 2021 and uh, we are seeing not just old problems, but even new problems 
beginning to spring up. Father, I thank you for your word that reminds us that you are greater than any situation we encounter, either globally or personally. God, you are greater than the circumstances and the situations that we find ourselves in. And so, Lord, because of that, we choose to trust you. We choose to lean on you. We choose to allow you to dictate what needs to happen and to direct our steps. And so, Lord, I just pray the same way John the Baptist prayed, make us smaller, so that you can become greater. Lord, let there be less of us and more of you, less of our own feelings, less of our own understanding, less of our own effort and more of your spirit, God, that we will trust you every step of the way, that you will encourage us, that you will embolden us, and that you will help us to become everything you called us to be for your honor, for your glory. Lord, I thank you for your word that brings hope and that brings encouragement. And I pray that your spirit would do the same to all those who are listening right now. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. I love you so much. And I hope to see you soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.